You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hockey fans, feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. Draft your lineup of 8 skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves and more. DraftKings is safe, secure and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win. Get $150 free in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 years or older, restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 199 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? <clears throat> Another wacky Wednesday. Hump day Wednesday. We're almost there, folks. Easter long weekend is almost here. And uh, episode 200 is almost here. Yes, 200 episodes for the Fourth Line Voice. Hard to believe. I remember reading a report one time, it was a study, and it was like most, I, I can't remember, it was either seven or, but it was like most podcasts fail after seven episodes, or it might have been 13 episodes, but I'm pretty sure it was seven. I remember William from The Biscuit and I were talking about that, and it's like, yeah, and it really, and I've seen, I'll tell you, in 199 episodes, I've seen a lot of shows come and go, and uh, maybe this show should have went, but uh, it was actually resurrected from the, from the, from the scrap heap, uh, by the network, but, uh, I'll get into all that in episode 200 on Sunday. Um, I, I, what I want to do for that episode, um, I didn't really have anything planned until I heard, uh, it was a wrestling podcast that I sometimes listen to and he did a, 
was it the 200? I listened to it just the other day, and now I can't remember what episode. It was his 200th episode. And um, he just had a couple random guests on, and they just talked about random things. Like, oh, what do you what do you thought of the most overrated tag team? Or whatever the hell they were talking about. But And I'm like, oh, that's actually a good idea. I think I'm going to, uh, like, just... Uh, I know some of the guys that listens to the show and stuff. Just phone them up. And just have some questions for him. And I might put some questions on the form. And be like, yeah, is anybody around tonight? Answer your phone. I'll give you a call. And we'll talk about, uh, like, I know I talked to uh, Patrick here just like 20 minutes ago before I got going. And I said, yeah, I'll phone you tomorrow night. Come up with your top 10 Philadelphia Flyer fighters of all time. And, uh, you know, and we'll have you on for 10 minutes or so. And we'll just bullshit and get on to the next caller. I don't know how many people I'm going to have on it. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what the hell, right? At this point, it's, you know, uh, you know, we're just, we're <laughs> anything goes on this show. Um, yeah, like I said, it, uh, last, last couple, uh, last little while, it's been just, uh, Alec, Alec and I were saying that today. Well, we've been saying that for a little while. It's, it's tough sledding getting guests lately. Uh, just people are busy, just can't come and, and, uh, what are you going to do? And, uh, you know, schedules aren't working out, so. You know, and people aren't calling back, and, uh, you know, well, you're stuck with me again. Like I said, tonight it's 9 o'clock here, you know, and I have to upload this still and make a graphic, and, you know, and, uh, you know, I work tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., so it's like, you know, um, uh, not that I wasn't going to do an episode, but it was sort of, you know, a little, you know, getting down to crunch time here. Better record something, but, uh, um, yeah, so no, it's been, it's, it's been tough getting guests here lately, but I think that's what I'm going to do for 200 and I don't know, I think it'll just be fun trying to, you know, trying to get a lot of people involved and cause I mean, it's, it's, I've always said it's your guys' show, right? And it's like the listeners, you know, if you can get you guys involved in it and, uh, why not? I think that'd be pretty cool. So, um, yes, if you're interested, uh, well, you're hearing this tomorrow. So and I have until Saturday night to record, so so, uh, what, you know, when, well, depending on when you're listening to this, um, if it's actually on Wednesday when you're listening to this, there, you know, three days, well, four days, really, um, to record something. So, I'm free in the evening, and, uh, and well, on Friday, well, Friday's a long weekend here, so Friday I have completely off. So, you know, anytime Friday, but uh, Wednesday night, Thursday night, anytime Friday, and, uh, and really anytime Saturday. So, um, yeah. Let's let's record something. Like I said, 10, 15 minutes. If you have a topic you want to talk about, let me know. Let's do it. Send me a private message on Facebook or on Twitter. If you're not on either of those, um, send me an email. Hockeyfights at hotmail.com. Just say, hey, man, I want to be on 200. This is the, and this is the topic I want to talk about. And let's get it. Let's get it done. But, um, yeah, guys. Um, well, before we get into everything... Uh, Right, right at the top of the show. Um, unfortunately, we had a we had a uh, a passing. Uh, Garrett Burnett uh, unfortunately passed away, uh, forty six years old. Um, yeah, man, um, it's too bad. I I was always a, 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 a Burnett fan. Um, he uh, dude knew. Yeah, he he played the role and. Uh, and, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, I never had a chance to meet him. Um, although, uh, the only time we spoke was through, uh, emails and actually it was just a couple, it was about two months ago. 
um, two or three months ago, if, if I remember correctly. Um, I might, I, no, now that I think it was, it was before Christmas. Um, he had put a picture up uh, on his on his profile, and uh, it was a Getty image, and and it had the the Getty licensing. You know what I'm talking about? Had the watermark on it. <clears throat> so I just sent him a private message, and I'm like, "Hey, I I have your Getty images, with, you know, without the watermark, high resolution. Uh, you know, just send me your email address, and I'll I'll fire those pictures over to you." And uh, and I did, and and we just had a little quick little back and forth, but, um, that was my only, uh, unfortunately that was my only interaction with them. Um, yeah, um, by all accounts, a really nice guy and, uh, um, yeah, it, it's just, it's too bad. And, uh, you know, uh, it was unfortunate. Um, yeah, in, uh, I believe it was, uh, Oh, six, um, on, on, uh, New Year's Eve or on Christmas Eve, um, I believe he was in a it was in a bar fight, a bar incident, and he got hit with a metal pole and uh, in the in the head, and it was like a serious injury. Like he was on life support and like on a coma for you know uh, a few weeks, and uh, yeah, had a lot of and had a big brain injury, and uh, and uh, you know had and really struggled after that, and uh, unfortunately, and. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah, we don't have to get into how he passed away, and uh, you know, it's it's just it's really too bad. But uh, you know, it, it, I will always say it was it was really cool. You know, he was an unsigned player. I, I've I've heard you know we I read his story. Um, you know, just you know bouncing around from the OHL, the Western League, all that stuff, and trying to make it, not giving up, and playing in the East Coast League and. You know, putting up like 300 minutes and 30 games and fighting everybody. And, and he's a big, huge dude. And, uh, you know, like I said, he got his moment in the sun, right? Signed that, that contract with the Anaheim Ducks and, and, and played the 2003, 2004 season with them. You know, played 39 games, 184 minutes, sniped a goal. And, and, uh, you know, he's in the record books. He got one. And, uh, yeah, uh, uh Quite the journey, and uh, I, like I said, I laughed. He's pretty much the only guy I know that could get kicked out of the uh, suspended forever from the LNAH. How do you do that? But uh, yeah, with the with the Chiefs there, and uh, yeah, no, it's it's just a, it's a sad thing, and uh, you know, and unfortunately, he just um, you know, obviously, some some there were the head issues with the with the with the incident uh, with the, at the bar and. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just, his mom had put up on Facebook, I was just reading, and, uh, yeah, he had trouble ever since then, he just, could, just couldn't bounce back from it, and, uh, you know, and, and it's really too bad, and, uh, yeah, like I said, 46 years old, way too young, and, uh, yeah, and he'll be missed, and, uh, yeah, you hate to see it, so, rest in peace, Garrett Burnett. Alright, guys, um, yeah, while going forward here, like I say, uh, I remember the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 50 shows on the network. Whatever team you're a fan of, there's a there's a show for you. Um, also, for my off-network friends, of course, I got Alec Old Sale at the Five for Fighting Podcast. Oh yeah, he's if he's not driving to Florida, he's driving back from Florida. You know, he he's the only guy I know. He moves away from Florida to North Carolina and spends more time in Florida after. 
uh, he's flying and driving. I don't know what he's doing. He doesn't know which way he's doing, which way he's going. Um, but he does have a podcast. He hasn't come out with an episode for a while because they've been moving, like I said, and everything else. But uh, he does have something coming up here shortly. Um, in the meantime, he does have a tremendous back catalog. I will give him that. I don't want to give him too much credit on things, but I will give him credit for that. Uh, but uh, by Lois, Segroy, Yablonski, Rob Ray, tremendous. Also, he has a YouTube channel. It's the Five for Fighting YouTube channel. He just fired it up this season. Uh, a lot of East Coast Hockey League fights from this year and from last year. He's slowly putting stuff on. And, um, yeah, if, uh, I mean, everybody listening has been on YouTube, so, um, please, uh, go to his channel, hit the little subscribe button. Like I said, it might not be a big deal to you. It's a big deal to him though. It helps him out. We're trying to get him to a thousand subscribers. So definitely hit subscribe on your YouTube channel for him. And, uh, yeah, check his stuff out. Uh, bang up. He's doing a bang up job. Of course, then we got Broadway Joe Lazito. Get rid of Lazito! You know what, folks? I, I got home today, opened up my mailbox, and, lo- and what do I see? A package from New York. I got pretty excited, you know, and I'm like, wow, I bet you it's going to be box seats for, for cats, maybe for rent. I don't know. And I opened it, maybe hot, fiddle on a hot tin roof, you know, open it up. It's a Lazito shirt. Could you imagine that? That's what, that's what I, that's how I end my day by looking at Joe's face. What a way, what a way, what a bookend to a hell of a, tu- on a cold Tuesday. No, I, that's probably Joe right there telling me now. <laughs> no, I want to thank Joe um, for sending me the shirt. I love it. It's hanging up here already. And uh, I already said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the bell of the ball here this Easter. Yeah, I'll, I'll be wearing this for the, for the big event. And uh, yeah, like I said, I'll be showing right out the back door, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> nothing says mud show but no I want to thank Joe for saying that I really appreciate it and uh, Coliseum Chronicles he is, he is a New York Islander based podcast uh, again Joe does a tremendous job uh, he's been busy with work and everything else these days but he does have something coming down the road for you I know he does because I sent him a bunch he's asked me for a bunch of pictures it's, geez, he's probably asking for more pictures I don't know I don't know why he wants all these ranger pictures I don't know but I don't ask questions. I'm just like, hey, whatever you need. But uh, Fakoda, Ewan, Strudwick, Asham, Eric Bolton, Karkner. He's interviewed everybody. Definitely check out his back catalog. Coliseum Chronicles. Joe Lazito. Give it a Lazito. All right, folks. Uh, what are we going to get into for episode 199? Um, I'm honestly, like I said, it's like 9.15 here, and I'm not going to spend all night talking to you people. But in the meantime, I do have a couple things I want to talk about. And hey, Tim Tim's going to be pumped out there. I got a list. I have a list. It's the top 10. Because, of course, they were in the news. They were all over hockey Twitter. The Phoenix Coyotes, the top 10 baddest dudes in Phoenix Coyotes history. No, Jay Beagle. I bet you Jay Beagle is not on the list. Actually, I don't know who's on the list. I haven't looked at it, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Although, if you talk to hockey Twitter, Jay Beagle should be number one with a bullet. I mean, him and his three career fights, he's just a real killer. Taking it, wiping out the Anaheim Mighty Ducks with one single shot. But, um, oh, I can't. Uh, they're still whining about that. 
Tyson Nash was on Cam Jansen's podcast today, and I just, I didn't listen to the podcast, but I did listen to about a two-minute soundbite, or, yeah, about a two-minute soundbite from Nash, and once again, and, and I will say, bravo to Tyson Nash for not apologizing for it, and not backing up, he, uh, he, he went, uh, no, I mean, he just, well, once again, he had to explain, he explains it in, like, like, like he's literally on a whiteboard writing it out. Like, you, like short of a friggin' pie graph, what he said. And people are still crying. I was like, you can't be good, I guess. You can't have skills. Like, God, people are morons. And like I put on Twitter, just with the replies, I said, if you look at the reply section, all this is, tell me you've never played a competitive sport without actually telling me. Is, is everything you need to know about those replies. All the jerk-offs in the reply section is unbelievable. But I've already talked about that episode or that whole deal, so I'm not going to do it again. But I just, like I said, for those uh, interested, Cam Jant, Cam and Strick show, they had Tyson Nash on today. And uh, if, you, if you're so inclined, not that I'm telling people to go, I'm promoting other shows. Well, I guess I just did promote other shows. But I will I will promote Cam Jansen's show because Cam was nice enough to come on this show. So, uh, <laughs> he, did, he didn't say no. If he had said no, I would have been, fuck Cam Jansen's. But no, he uh, no, he was a great guest. Actually, go back and check out that in the back catalog. Um, that was quite the episode. A very unique guest. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, what can we... Well... The one thing that did come up here, and it's just this, it's not nothing to do with fighting or anything. Just this, before we get into the Coyotes list, like I said, I'm, not, I always say this, but I'm literally not going to keep you guys here for very long because I kind of have to shower and, uh, I get shit to do. Um, but one of the things that came up on social media, of course, did anybody, everybody see this? The kid at the Montreal Canadiens game. That had the stick taken away, or he was at the Toronto. He was in Toronto, and they were playing Montreal. And of course, uh, and Nick Suzuki. Well, first of all, Nick Suzuki goes to throw the kid the puck. Apparently, he can't catch, or the, I don't know if the light got in his eyes or whatever. So the puck hits him in the mouth or something, cut him. So of course, that's the oh my god, that's the end of the world. And uh, oh, so he gives him a stick. Okay. He has a stick. At some point, I believe it was in the third period, They, him and his dad, and the kid's like eight or nine years old, him and his dad were walking on the concourse, and one of the Maple Leaf security guys for the building said, we can't have you walking around with a stick it could be used as a weapon, etc. We've had problems in the past. Can we just take it and go? We'll put it into the in in the holding thing here and the whatever, like coat check almost. Like we'll put it over here in the locker, and at the end of the game, you can come retrieve it. But we just don't want you to have it walking around with it or in the seats. Well, the kid didn't want to give the stick up for whatever reason. I guess he thought he wasn't gonna, he was never gonna get it back, or I, like I, who, I don't. Why would you think that? But whatever. He didn't want to give the stick up, so they're like, "Well, 
you can't, like we said, we either have to take the stick and go put it and hold up and lock up for you, and you can get it at the end of the game, or you're going to have to leave. And, well, so they left. Well, of course, the kid's dad has to go on social media and have, he's got pictures of everything with Nick Suzuki and this, and his kid's almost crying with the busted lip and whatever. And he's like, oh, and well, and they were told it was, we were told we couldn't keep the weapon and it was a weapon, so they were going to take it from him, and then they told us to leave. Oh, so of course it hits social media and oh my God, it's the end of the world. And I can't believe that the Toronto, they would, of course it's typical Leafs and they're just kicking out a Habs fan and oh, this poor kid. And oh my God, it's the end of the world. Of course it, you know, dad leaves out a few points of the story in the text or in the tweet, of course. Well, of course, Montreal Canadiens get a hold. Oh, you let us know and we'll take care. We'll make things right. Oh, of course. So, yeah, so the little brat gets more shit, you know, whatever. And I'm sorry, but I mean, are we serious here? And I even went on Twitter. I said, if you believe this horse shit of a story, I got a bridge to sell you. Well, of course, it now comes out that they were told... No, we'll hold on to the stick and put it in lockup for the kid. Um, and you can come at the end of the game. We don't like the people that have stick. It's a weapon. It could just lead to problems. Now use your head. Now what happens? So, so have you seen the way buffoons act at sporting events lately? Anybody in the sound of my voice, everyone has seen the videos of these morons drunkenly fighting in the crowd. Every, cause no one has any fucking class anymore. So we're all just goofs. So they see some kid with some, because I mean, how many people are walking around with goddamn hockey sticks at a NHL game? Not many, because people, well, they sell sticks in the, in the gift shop. Yeah, mini sticks, you fucking moron. Not full player sticks. God. So, okay. So, okay, bonk, they knock the kid over, they take the stick, or... There it is, sitting. the kid's sitting there winging it around all day at the, at the game. Everyone else is around him. And, of course, I'm sure they got glass seats for $10,000, I'm sure. You know, I mean, he ain't up in the nosebleeds, I'm pretty sure. So, it's, you know, people don't want to have this 8-year-old waving this stick around. And what You can just see the problems that are going to happen. What happened? Hey, every rule is put in because someone did something stupid in the past, Correct. So obviously they've had issues with something like this in the past. But no one was going to keep the stick on the kid. Give me a, I said, if you legitimately think, oh, some big bad Toronto security guard came over and said, give me the stick or you're out of here. Do you really think that, do, really, do we think that happened? Do we really think that happened? And of course, like I said, every friggin' news idiot's got to jump on this story and whatever. TSN even tweets out, oh, come on, Maple Leaf Gardens, or whatever the hell the name of the rink is, be better. So I'm just like, I just tweeted, I said, really? Like, you were a friggin' national news outlet, sports outlet, this is what you tweet? Like, you're, like, what is this, TMZ bull? Like, look into the story a little bit. Like I said, does anybody believe this horse shit? Oh, of course, and like I said, oh, then it comes out, well, no, we we told them we'd hold on to the stick form. This is why. This is our policy. That's nothing, because everybody, oh, weapon, that's so stupid. Oh, you know, well, that's not just what they said. 
They said that was one of the reasons, but they named a few. We'll hold on. And the kid didn't want to give the stick up. Like I said, for whatever reason. So whatever. So they, they, so they decided, you know what? We won't give the stick up. We'll just leave. It was the parents and the kids decision. Wasn't security saying, okay, fucking beat it then and threw them out by their belt loops through the, uh, it wasn't the double deuce. This wasn't roadhouse, you know, but oh my God. So I said, oh, there, that's just quality parenting. So what we do now is we just go to social media and whine and cry because we, you know, over bullshit and then so we can get more free stuff. Yeah, really good example there, dad, but this is the way of the world. If we don't get what we want or we, or we can't do what we want, we go to social media and whine about it and at everybody you know, and hopefully it goes viral like this one, so everyone feels sorry for little Junior in his thousand dollar club seat that he didn't catch the puck. Like, you know, oh god, you know, you know, and I'm sorry, whatever. And I mean, whatever, it's an eight year old, I'm not with the kid, I'm I, my issues with the old man, like, really. Like, oh, you tweet out that the, the Maple Leaf security was going to take the stick and told us to leave. Like, and, and, it, oh, and then the worst part is the Rubes, of course, buy it. And you got John Lou from TSN and all these idiots. Like, you know, don't investigate anything. We just gotta, we gotta get it out there. You know, oh, it's just so fucking pathetic. Ugh. Oh, I had people, yeah. Oh, obviously, you're not a parent. And, no, I'm not. You know, but if I was, you know what I wouldn't be doing? Getting on Twitter and crying to the friggin' Toronto Maple Leafs and Montreal Canadiens. You know, like you just, yeah. Pathetic. Just live in a pathetic society. God. So. Anyway, let's get to this Phoenix Coyotes list. The 10 toughest Phoenix. This is, I gotta hurry here because Tim's been dying for me to get to this here. So this is written by Michael Jenkins of July, July 10th, 2012. So we got a little bit of a, man, that's 10 years old already. Hard to believe. The Bleacher Report. All right. <clears throat> Let's get it. Okay. So like I said, so anybody new to the show here, um, I do these lists periodically and, uh, I've had a few people send me lists over the last bunch of months and I saved them in a, the links in a folder and stuff. So, um, I have not, I have not looked at this list. So my reaction that you're getting, I would say is, uh, I, I am learning it just as you, the listeners are for, you know, so we're going to discover this together here. We're going to discover Michael Jenkins, toughest Phoenix Coyotes. Here we go. Thugs, goons, and forces. You can call them what you wish, but these men play a critical and necessary role for the game of professional hockey. Well, Michael, you're already off to a good start. These warriors serve as on-ice police force that make sure the others are following the written and unwritten rules of their profession. Accountability is what they ensure, and violence is how they enforce it. Okay. Following this, focus on the enforcers with the Winnipeg Jets slash Coyotes organization. Oh, he's mixing in the Winnipeg guys. All right. They must have played with both or just Phoenix to be considered on the list. The list also deals with enforcers only. While men like Tockett, Odeline, O'Donnell, and Todd Simpson were tough, they were not solely enforcers and therefore will not be on the list. All right. Well, he's uh, he's laying out guidelines. All right. Here we go. 
Well, I gotta get drink. I'm out on the edge of my seat here. All right. Here we go. Number 10. Louis DeBrusque. Russ played in 115 games for the franchise. In those 115 games, he had 23 fights. 6'1", 225. He's only 6... Really? I, I, DeBrusque's got to be taller than 6'1". 6'1", 225. Left winger was asked to do the dirty work to protect the star players in the team. He obliged when necessary. DeBrusque would rack up 115 majors in his career with four different teams. After his career of players, he came back to the franchise as part of the county's radio broadcast team spending three seasons with the Yotes. He now works for the Oilers in the same capacity. There you go. Number nine. Paul Bissonette. Bissonette is a quintessential tough guy. Biz Nasty, as he's known to his Twitter followers, amassed 229 minutes and 120 games. He, made 40 fight, he accumulated 40 fighting majors during that time as well. Uh, he throws well with both hands and uses a short face jab extremely effectively. 6-3-208 forward was playing sporadically over the past two seasons with the Coyotes, but when he's on the ice, his physical play and willingness to drop the gloves had made him a fan favorite. Yeah, and then after that, you guys were too stupid to hire him to be a color commentator. Uh, I, I, will, I will never understand, and I mean, I understand that biz isn't some people's cup of tea, but um, from all, like, not that I'm watching, but just some of the clips that I've watched and stuff, it's tremendous on TNT. I mean, he's got Talkett and Gretzky and those guys there, but... You know, and I know, um, well, speaking of Tyson Nash, him and Biz, uh, would do those story time, uh, those, the, the, on Twitter, those are hilarious. Um, but, especially if you're Phoenix, like, well, I mean, I guess he was working for Arizona for a little bit, but yeah, I was just like, how does, how does a team, like, I was just like, how did Sportsnet or like HockeyNet, like, how do they not, I mean, you just look at the HockeyNet in Canada, Goofs that they have on that show. Really? This and that just couldn't, you know, just had to get Jennifer Botterill in there, you know, yeah. Okay. But Biz, yeah. You know what? It's, it's, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I don't really know how many Bissonette fights I've really seen. I mean, I've seen Bissonette fight, of course, but. I don't think at any time I've ever really actually gone down like a pulpus in that rabbit hole and like went and watched a bunch of his fights or anything. Like I've seen a few here and like, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of them here or there, but I can honestly say I don't, I'm not, I'm not trying to slight biz at all, but I don't, there's nothing really that stands out. I'm trying to think. Yeah. I mean, I've seen his Morasty fights and his Gillies fights and you know, whatever, but huh. Yeah, it's interesting. Now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really... I don't have to check out some Paul Bissonette fights. Number eight. Oh, Josh Gratton. Oh, there we go. I love me some Josh Gratton. Chin of Steel came to the Coyotes in the secondary and forced a role and earned the playing time. 6-2-2-14. See, like, that's the thing. Like, there's no way Josh Gratton's bigger than Louis DeBrusque. I, well, I know what, well, width-wise, I know they're not. DeBrusque was massive that way. I know he's one of the strongest guys in the NHL ever. Um, I know that for sure. Um, but just height I'm like, really? Like, nah, DeBrusque's gotta be bigger than Biz and Gratton. Anyway, Ball of Havoc, a critical role in helping protect those consistently picked on by the opposition. 64 games, collected 223 minutes and 23 fights. Gratton is known for taking punishment. 
to give some punishment. His lack of concern for his own his own safety has earned him a well deserved nickname. Um, yeah, Josh, I, Josh Gratton's awesome. And uh, anybody listening, if you haven't now, there's a there's a rabbit hole you need to dive down not only once but twice, probably three times. Yeah. Um. Josh Gratton and Brian McGratton in the AHL. Uh, I was going to say it's on my YouTube channel. It's it's all over the YouTube, but uh, I would say that's definitely in my top ten fights of all time. Um, Josh Gratton and Colt Norris. That might be in the top ten of all time too. Josh Gratton gotten into absolute wars with the, not only with the Philadelphia Phantoms but with with in the NHL. Um, had some great fights with Morasti over the years. Um, Josh Gratton's just, he's awesome. Yeah, tremendous. Number seven, Jim Cummins. Ah, there you go. I, I love me some Jim Cummins too. Cummins was an all-out brawler through massive haymakers when he fought. During his time with the franchise, he racked up 230 minutes and only 75 games, 36 fights. The Yotes helped elevate him to more playing time on the fourth line and endeared him to his teammates. Cummins spent 12 years in the NHL with nine teams. Racked up 129 career fights. He retired in 04. Yeah, Cummins is awesome, man. Um, again, one of those would like take two to throw one. Um, I always call it like him or Gratton, like Audgers and PJ, guys like that, video fighters. Um, like you watch one of their fights on YouTube or on a fight DVD, like you'll never be bored. Now, was Jim Cummins ever going to be, you know, battling for the heavyweight championship? No. You know, um, but for pure entertainment and Jim Cummins, a second to none, man. And I've always said guys like that, if you're a fight fan and you don't like Jim Cummins, like what's wrong with you? I mean, guy was tremendous and, uh, laid it on the line every fight. And like I said, toe to toe, there was none of this safety fighting bullshit. Jersey jab, Jersey jab, lean away, lean away. No, it was, Stick your chin out and go for it. Nah, Jim Cummins is tremendous. Number six. They're, man, right in a row here. Like, I, I gotta say, I didn't realize about Phoenix, man. Hey, I'm down with the Desert Dogs here, man. Number six, Darcy Hordacek. Again, former Saskatoon Blade. I've, I was there in his first... I've always... I've told the story on this show a bunch of times. I was there in his, in his scrimmage game, in his first scrimmage with the Blades. And the... And, I don't know how many fights he had. I'm just, I remember like, who is this guy? And they're like, oh, that's Hordachuk from Yorkton. He's making the team. And when he, his couple seasons here with Saskatoon, he was a wrecking ball, fought everybody, hit everybody, ran around. Hordachuk was awesome. Again, undersized guy, but just toe to toe fights, utterly fearless. Hordachuk was awesome. Well, here, yeah, yeah, Hordachuk was fearless and crazy. His time with Coyotes was brief, 26 games, but in that short tenure, 13 fights. Well, there you go. Fought anyone and everyone didn't matter. 6-1-2-15 forward. Not interested in scoring or playing within the scheme of the game. He wanted to rough you up and beat the living snot out of you. For the past couple of years, he has trained with former UFC lightweight champion Chuck Liddell to work on a skill set. In his career, he has 129 fights and uh, looking to add to his dance card for this upcoming season. Yeah, man. Order Chuck ran around and, uh, again, another guy. You know, was he ever going to be heavyweight champ? No. Um, but... Now, again, well, there you go. His very first professional fight was in the IHL, and he was playing for the Orlando Solar Bears, and he fought Mel Engelstad. 
And it's type in just Mel Engels that Darcy Hordacek. They fought twice. Both fights were great, but round one was opening night. So you just remember when you're watching that fight, that Darcy Hordacek's first pro fight. And uh, Mel Engelstad, minor league legend, and those two, that would be in my top ten fights of all time, too. So, yeah, Hordachuk. And nice guy. I'm down with Hordachuk. Good dude. Number five. Oh, I'm a big fan of this guy, too. Uh, Brad May. Brad May was a classic bruiser who tried to play hockey with the Coyotes, but was a fierce animal mentality. Got the best of him more often than not. May had some puck skills, but he was called upon frequently to administer beatdowns. 6'1", 205, 230 minutes, 154 games. Mayday was not the biggest, but he certainly acted the part when he called into duty. 153 career fighting majors speaks volumes of toughness, and his character was respected by all in the locker room. While May played also on the edge, he was willing to answer the charges with his fist if called out by an opponent. May was a fan favorite in the Valley during his tenure, for his tenacity and grit on the ice. Yeah, I mean, Brad May is actually one of my favorite enforcers of all time. Um, I mean, of course, he'll always be a Buffalo Sabre to me. And I should I always say he should never have switched from 27. Um, I always hated him wearing number 10. Um, I'm not hated him, but I hated him wearing number 10. Um, but uh, actually, I, I think I tweeted that and actually May agreed with me. Um, but... Um, Somebody brought it up the other night, and it was funny. I was talking to Chris, my boy Chris there in Vancouver. He had mentioned he was watching some May stuff, and and uh, and it's true. May was a mean. I always say he's rattlesnake mean, man. He would give you a shot when you're down. He'd throw one over top. Uh, he didn't give a shit. He fought. He fought mean, and that, I, I mean, not that I have an issue with. That. I always said that the point of fighting is, you know, is to inflict damage and. and your will onto someone, so, yeah, and he did that, and he was mean, man, heavy-handed, May threw bombs, and, uh, yeah, awesome, I, he was tremendous, I love Brad May. Number four, Jim McKenzie, um, man, Phoenix a tough, I never really, because it's funny when you do these, li- I mean, it's what they owe at Boston and the Flyers, and I mean, you know all that, but with Phoenix, it's just one of those, I never really paid much attention, to be completely honest, but, yeah, man. Uh, Phoenix at Big Jim was a go-to guy between 95 and 98. 6'4", 229. Collected 548 minutes. 54 fights and 200 games. Charged to protect the franchise's skill players. Kenzie piled his, plied his trade in a cold, calculating manner. His fights were well-thought-out endeavors as he picked to choose when to be aggressive, when to counterpunch. He's very effective in battle against the biggest and baddest throughout the league during his time with Phoenix. Yeah, I mean... Jim McKenzie to me is 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 really is an all timer. Um, uh, I don't know if I'd have him in my top ten. No, I'd have him in my top twenty though. Um, I guess if there was any sort of downfall, I guess to McKenzie was he's probably he's probably too nice. Um, but could go with both hands, uh, big dude. Well, he's six four two thirty, and um, yeah. Uh, Unbelievable! Didn't lo- I? I'm trying to it, going through my mind. I don't. I can't really remember Mackenzie lo- really losing many. Um, yeah, he, Jim. What, what more is there to say? Jim Mackenzie was awesome. Um, you know, early on, he was the one guy. He kind of he manhandled Twist a few times, and uh, you know, I know Twist kind of got him. You know, towards the end of his career, you know, kind of picked up a couple wins on him, but. Um, he, you know, he was dominant. 
Yeah, big Jim, man. Number three, George LaRock. LaRock sees the scariest guy on the list based on sheer physical presence. Uh, stood a rock salt 6'3", 240. When he got his paws on you, you were in trouble. Strength the position you were wanted before you unleashed anvils. Played only 56 games and mastered, uh, had eight fights. Uh, his most cla- uh, yeah, here we- most classic clip listed above while well, mic'd up a game against the Kings. The Rock ass fellow enforcer, blah, blah, blah. Wish him good luck. Uh, that is... That is forever linked in all these code idiots. Just that's their friggin' Shangri-La is that friggin' clip. And it's just eye rolling over 13 years in the league with four different teams. Rock had 133 fights, came out on top of most of them. Yes, he did. People feared him so much with his time in Phoenix. He wasn't able to show off his skills as much as the fans wanted him to. Nevertheless, his presence on the ice was known at all times by his opponent. Yeah. I mean, Again, in the Rock, much like in the Jim McKenzie vein, um, in my opinion, too nice. Like this whole, yeah, the whole, well, there you go. The whole good luck, buddy, or whatever bullshit. Who kidding? What are you doing? Just kick his ass, George. But, I mean, when it came down to gloves time and it came down to actual fighting, there wasn't too many better than George the Rock. He's in my top five of all time. You know, people could scoff at that, but really, pff, how many losses did the dude have? You could probably use one hand to count him up. And, um... I never understood you get some of these people, oh, hey, he just threw noogies. It's like, oh, yeah, well, you should maybe ask someone that fought him what they think of what, <laughs> if how hard LaRock hit. Go ask somebody that fought him. They'll tell you. Um, yeah, George, just a big dude, left-handed, and would string you out and just, well, he wouldn't even string you out. He just usually just, like, bring you in and just, like, wham, 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 and then just, he wasn't interested in having the long fights or anything like that. It was just put give you a few shots send a message, throw you down, and, uh, but he hit, and he was good, and there wasn't many people that, I mean, you weren't going to manhandle George LaRock, no one did, and, um, yeah, I mean, fortunately, injuries, and I, I don't know how willing he was towards the end, he seemed pretty, kind of faded out pretty quick, actually, um, I know in his book, um, he didn't really have a good time in Phoenix, it was, that's when Gretzky was coaching. I don't think he, it wasn't that he got, didn't get along with Gretzky. I remember him saying Gretzky was a lousy coach, although I, well, that's actually the proof's proud of in the pudding. Yeah, Wayne wasn't a very good coach, at least record wise, but just said he didn't really coach much and like too, he was too easy going or whatever. But I know LaRock's time in Phoenix is pretty short and he didn't really, I don't think he had too much. I mean, it's been years since I read his book, but I don't think he had too much good to say about the organization. But, um, he was a bad dude, though. Yeah. Number two. Oh, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <clears throat> I love it. Andre, Andre Nazarov. There you go. The Russian bear was big, mean, and borderline psychotic. Well, that's probably true. There are three perfect char- characteristics for an NHL enforcer: six-five, two-thirty winger, fought with unbridled fury for the Coyotes between the years of '01 and '04. Three hundred eleven minutes, forty-three fights, and one hundred twenty-two games. Part of his mystique of Nazarov during his time in the desert was the fact that he didn't speak very good English and everyone thought he was just his demeanor bordered on insane because few understood him. He was quick to snap during games getting suspended for sucker punching Dan McGillis of the Sharks. He finished his career with 128 fights. Nazarov's now a coach in the KHL and most recently in the news in 2010 when he tried to attack a fan with a hockey stick while on the bench. Goes to show you his demeanor has not changed all that much. Yeah, Nazarov was, he was a high pick by San Jose too. Um, 
I was never a Nazaroff fan. He was a massive dude, though, and whatever, but he just, he was a prick, and he was dirty, and he was not afraid to headbutt you, and what, it, like, but I don't know, he, to me, he was never much of a fighter. Um, like, he was a big guy, but, I mean, and he'd fight, like, it wasn't like he was, I'm not saying he was scared or anything like that, but he was just, he was just so dirty, and it was, um, yeah, he, uh, well, that's funny. We go through like George LaRock and Darcy Hornachuk and Brad May and Jim McKenzie. And yeah, we got Nazaroff at number two. That's why I love these lists. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could, you know, I guess if you're if, like, I would have maybe had him at 10. I mean, I wouldn't have him at two. Uh, but he was nuts for sure. But uh, yeah, he wasn't much of a fight. Like, again, his pugilist, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. His fighting skills were not that great. But here we go. Who was the number one on the list of Phoenix Coyote? <clears throat> Tremendous. Um, <laughs> Chris King, number one. Phoenix Coyote's number one all-time enforcer is Chris King. Hmm. All right. Not the biggest guy, had the biggest heart. The king of pain stood 5'11", 200 pounds, but he threw bombs with the biggest and meanest in the sport. 92-97, King played with his heart on his sleeve and gave plenty of blood for the cause, racking up 760 minutes, 71 fights, and 340 games. King's not your typical thug trying to fight everyone at all times. King would be the first guy to back up a teammate in a scrum and notoriously tough to knock down or beat up. He never gave up demeanor, led King into many scuffles that lasted longer than normal. King eventually went on to be the NHL's dean of discipline for a few years after he retired. could not think of no... Uh, I could... Think of no better job for the former Coyotes winger. He is the king of the toughest Coyotes. Uh, no. <laughs> but, I like Chris King. Uh, I like the way he played. Um, they're true. That is true. He, you know, he ran around, hit, always was, you know, was always in there, would back shit up. Um, I would say he's certainly a number two guy. He was Robin to someone's Batman, like in Winnipeg with Dolmy. Perfect combination. Um... Now, again, it's it's pretty tough when you go with LaRock and Brad May and Jim McKenzie and all these guys, and you got Chris King at number one. I don't know if they're just putting him at number one just because he played the most games. Like they said, 340. I'm kind of thinking that's where the author was going with it. Um, again, I like Chris King. Um, I would not have him number one on this list. Um, but... Uh, you know, whatever. I mean, it's not like if they. I I really I legit thought they were gonna have Keith the Chuck at number one. I I was really surprised the Chuck wasn't on this list. To be completely honest, with the way these lists go, um, although I, I don't know if I have to Chuck ahead of Nazarov because the Chuck really couldn't fight either. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's almost like the list should have been reversed. Almost, uh, yeah. Um, you know, King and Nazarov at ten and nine, but. There we go, folks. There, that is the uh, top ten toughest Phoenix Coyotes, according to what was the dude's name, Michael Jenkins of the Bleacher Report. Uh, well, th- th- hey, wh- what more is there to say? There you go. I love those lists, though. I mean, I always actually always say the, the shittier the better because it's just funnier that way. But uh, I always enjoy doing those. I will say, um, I did a bad, I've done this kind of a shitty job at like marking my links and stuff. So, and I, and like I said, at 199 episodes, 
guys, to be completely honest, I can't remember what I've done. I have a vague idea of what I've done, but um, I really hope I've never done that list. But now as I'm recording, I'm thinking, shit, did I actually do this Phoenix list already? I can't remember. I don't think so. Um, if I did, well, I didn't stick a rerun in on you. We redid. I mean, it's not like the list changed. It wasn't, you know, I guess nothing's changed. The list is still the list. But um, if I have, I don't know. I don't think I've done the Phoenix list before. Although I'm pretty sure I'm getting close to almost every team now that I've done. I've covered most of them. So, yeah. But now, now, now that I'm saying it, I don't think I've done a Phoenix list. So, um, there we go. There was the top 10 Phoenix Coyotes list. Well, folks, there we go. That's about uh, the 46. That's pretty good, 46 minutes. Um, yeah. Um, again, um, for those, if you're new to the program, thank you. Welcome. Uh, welcome. <laughs> First and last. Um, but no, if you're if you're uh, if a new listener, thank you very much for uh, for taking the time and choosing this podcast. I, like I said, I know there's a million podcasts out there, and uh, you know everyone and their dog's got a podcast these days. If you're an ex player and what have you, so the fact that you chose uh, the fourth line voice, um, thank you. I hope you come. And like I said, it's 199 episodes. Um, I hope you go back and check out the back catalog. I've had Morasti, McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, on and on. I had great guests. And, uh, like I said, closing in on 200 here on Sunday. And, uh, I think it's going to be a fun little episode just talking to some, some, some listeners and, uh, you know, just bullshitting with fight fans. And, uh, I maybe get some players on there too. Who knows? But, uh, I got off the phone with a cat today that, uh, you know, like we're, we're planning, uh, he's trying to, we're, we're organizing an interview with a, a solid ex, uh, enforcer from the NHL that I think you guys will really dig and uh just you know we've got to come up with some times and everything and make sure everybody's schedules work but uh yeah like I said I've talked to a bunch of guys like I said I'm I'm waiting to hear back guys that's all what more can you do right I can't I'm not chasing these guys I've, I've put the ball in their court and um yeah hopefully they get back to me and we can record some stuff um like I said I'm as anxious to bring an interview to you guys as but uh, if not, well, then we'll just keep doing this and getting you guys, you know, getting fellow fight fans on. We'll do a few, maybe do a few more season ticket series. And I want to thank, uh, oh, and everybody who's tuned in for that, uh, you UK folks, I'm telling you, man, you guys are diehards. Um, the John Searson, my season ticket episode with him when we, we did the 2000-2001 British Super League, um, a season in review, and uh, excellent feedback on it, lots of listens. Um, I think it was number 30 at one point on the UK charts. And um, I really want to thank everybody who took the time to listen to it. And it was a long one, man. That was almost three hours. That's a long episode. You guys gutted that one out and tuned in. So I appreciate that. Um, but that was a lot of fun. I, look, I always enjoy having John on the show. And um, yeah, great, fun episode. Like I said, don't sleep on those UK fights, guys. Go down that rabbit hole. Check out those fights. Bedard, VL, all those guys. Awesome. Um, definitely want to do some more season ticket series. I really, I'm really kind of getting into them. Um, I, I've, I've apologized to Anthony and, and to, uh, and to John. I don't know if I was completely clear on my vision of what I want. Um, I'm having trouble, I guess, articulating it, uh, or how I want it, which is, 
I don't know. Not that I did. I didn't like the. I, I like both episodes. I thought they were fine. Um, and but it's like I've sort of left it up to them, and, and I think I kind of let them hang. I I kind of screwed them up a little bit, and that that's my fault as a as uh, as a creator. It was my, you know well, it's my concept, and uh, I think I kind of I, I kind of messed them up a little bit, which uh, um, that, that was my fault. It wasn't there. They were they were prepared for sure. So I think I kind of threw some curveballs at them, which. I've been a guest where that's happened to me and it's annoying. So, um, but no, I, I, I liked how the episodes turned out and everything. Um, but yeah, I encourage you to go back again. I had Anthony on too. We did a, a East Coast Hockey League 0809 season. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's been a fun little series and I'm going to continue it. And, uh, you know, um, I know I have a player lined up to do, uh, the OHL season and it's an early, not, is it 9091? It's an early OHL year, or early OHL year. It's an early 90s OHL season. And, uh, and it was when Lindros and Stoyanov and Potomsky and Bonvi and all those guys were playing in the league. And of course, as, as was he. And, um, yeah, so we just got to find a time to sit down and do that. So I'm looking forward to doing that as well. So yeah, more season ticket series will be coming at you. I will have some player interviews coming. I know I keep saying it, but it will happen at some point. But in the meantime, uh, you're stuck with me for tonight, but, uh, and for the 200, well, for the 200, we're going to do the man on the street, the roving reporter. Um, I'm going to go around and we'll see how many guys I can get on the show. And, uh, it'll, like I said, it'll just be a mishmash of top and different topics and whatever they happen to want to talk about. And like I said, if you're listening to this on tomorrow or on Thursday and you want to be on the show, send me a, send me a private message. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. You're already following me. If you're and if you're not, and like I said, if you're on hockey fights at Hotmail, send me an email. Tell me what you want to talk about, and I'll and send me your phone number, and I'll dial you up, and we'll hit record, and we'll we'll do a 10, 15 minute segment. I'd love to have, I'd love to have any listener on. Um, like I always say, it's your guys' show, right? So, um, yeah, guys. Other than that, how about we get out of here? Like I said, it's Wednesday. Get back to work. But. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Again, follow me on social media at Twitter, Facebook, drop me a line. Like I said, email me. Um, just for anything, just send me your comments, uh, good, bad, or otherwise. Um, I'm always looking for, yeah, I'll take constructive criticism. If there's something I'm doing or not doing, let me know. And, uh, and, uh, or if you have a story to tell or what have you, I just, I'd like to hear, I, hey, I just like hearing from fellow fans. So definitely drop me a line. Also, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Over 2,700 fights on the channel. All the all the leagues are represented. Whatever, they're all sorted and stuff. So just type in whatever league you're looking for. Boom, boom, boom. They'll come up right away. Um, yeah, subscribe to the channel. Um, and one last thing: whatever platform you're listening to this show on, iTunes, Spotify, what have you, could you rate and review my show? Uh, like I said, it's just a little thing. You're on here anyway. If you could do that, that it helps me out in the searches. That would be like when people listen to whatever, and then it'll say, "Oh, other." Similar shows, that's where mine would pop up. So, like I said, it would get, hopefully it would get me some more listens. And, uh, yeah, just have to review the show. So it would be greatly appreciated. All right, guys. Once again, I want to thank you guys for tuning in for 199 episodes. I'm really looking forward to bringing you episode 200 on Sunday. And uh, hopefully everyone has a happy Easter. And, uh, yeah, I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, everybody.
and you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?